welcome to the Birmingham Vineyard podcast. We hope you find it insightful and encouraging. If you want to find out more about us, why not check out our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Okay, hello. Hello, I am Lauren, and if you haven't met me before, I am the Kids and Families Coordinator here, and I'm usually upstairs with the kids, actually, but it's great that we're all together in the room this morning. Okay, so what are we waiting for? I wonder what the first thing that pops into your head is when you hear that phrase. What are we waiting for? That question is the title of our new sermon series that we're kicking off today based on 1 Thessalonians, one of Paul's letters in the New Testament in the Bible. Paul wrote at least 13 of the letters in the New Testament, and this is likely one of the first ones that he wrote. And we've been looking in kids over the last three weeks at this letter, so you guys are the experts, okay? So, it's a good one to start with, and we read in Acts chapter 17 that Paul and a few of his companions planted the church in Thessalonica, a big and influential town, after Paul spent his Sabbath days preaching about Jesus in their synagogue. I think we've got a picture of that. Yeah, so that's what it might have looked like. Some Jews and a large number of God-fearing Greeks heard Paul explain how Jesus is the Messiah, who died as a sacrifice to make us right with God and joined what was to become the church in Thessalonica. Paul did such a good job at spreading the gospel there that riots were started by jealous Jews, and Paul only lasted a month or so before he had to escape to avoid being killed by the angry mobs. So 1 Thessalonians is a letter that Paul wrote whilst he was in Corinth to the growing church in Thessalonica. Paul has been kept updated on how they're doing without him, and he's impressed. They're doing a good job. Much of this letter is Paul encouraging them and reminding them of the hope that they have in Jesus so that they don't get discouraged. Our equivalent of this would perhaps be when a friend sends you some flowers when you're ill to cheer you up and to show that they're thinking of you. This church is doing well despite the struggles, so let's see what we can learn from them. So over the course of two little talks, I'm going to talk about God's love, the Holy Spirit's power, turning the world upside down, and following Jesus, not anything else. So we're going to have a read of the first five verses of the letter, and Isis is going to come and read for me. So, come on up. This letter is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. We are writing to the church in Thessalonica, to you who belong to God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. May God give you grace and peace. We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. As we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of our faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you and has chosen you to be his own people. For when we brought you the good news, it was not only what we said was true. And you know of our concern for you from the way we lived when we were with you. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Okay, so for this first part, we're going to focus on verses four and five. So we know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you and has chosen you to be his own people. For when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words, but also with power. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that what we said was true. And you know of our concern for you from the way we lived when we were with you. It's a good place to start, isn't it? God loves you and has chosen you to be one of his people. 
Have you ever tried to get your head around how much God loves you? So let's, let's think of it like this. I've got a ball here. I like playing with a ball like this. Cap? Yeah? Yeah? Thank you. Okay. Can anyone shout out a game that involves a ball? Football, tennis, basketball, nice, netball, hockey. Yeah, I like that one. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so I've got a ball here, and I've also got a skipping rope. So, no, I'm not going to make you do that. (laughs) Okay, so my skipping rope starts here, and it ends here. So we've got the beginning and the end of the rope. So let's look again at my ball. Can you see an end on my ball? No. No. It just keeps going on and round and round and round, doesn't it? There's no end. And that's just like God's love for us. He loves us and he always will love us. There is no end. It just keeps going and going and going. And as it says 26 times in one psalm, Psalm 136, his faithful love endures forever. And... There's a second reason I like this ball. You can share it, just like I did with Cap. With a ball, you don't just keep it to yourself. You find someone and you share it with them. You pass it around. So like when we pass a ball, God chooses to share his love with us. And not just that, he's chosen us to be on his team. So how can we show love to the people around us? The kids have been helping me come up with some ideas for this. So I think we're going to have a look at those. Yeah, so we've got giving people presents. Or can we stick to the first one? Giving people presents, cooking for someone, hugging. Yeah, next one. Kissing your brother or sister. Yeah, that's a good one. Next one. This one is a huge pizza and there is a slice for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and the last one. There's lots of ideas of how we can show love to each other and God on here. So we've got encouraging each other, helping each other, praying, reading the Bible. Thanks, kids, for the help with that. Okay. So when we choose to follow Jesus, believing that God sent Jesus to die and taking the punishment for all the bad things we do, and that he rose again in power, making a way for us to be with him forever, he promises to give us his Holy Spirit. So let's remind ourselves what Paul said. For when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words, but also with power. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that what we said was true. So when we share God's love with others, like the Thessalonians did, we can know that God will give us the words we need. And not only that, but they will come with power as we put our faith in Jesus. Have you ever been in church, whether that's down here or in a kids group, and heard something you've heard loads of times before, like a story or a verse from from the Bible or a truth about God, but this time it's different. It suddenly makes sense to you. Maybe you have a, oh yeah, moment, or you see the story in a different way, or your heart beats a bit faster or stronger in your chest as you see what God is trying to say to you after hearing it. That's what happens when the Holy Spirit is speaking through words in power. And if you've never felt like God has spoken to you personally before, make a little mental note now, and we'd love to pray with you at the end. 
God's love and power is for everyone. But I find talking to my non-Christian friends about Jesus really tricky. But Paul tells us here that we have all we need. We already have the good news of Jesus and we can ask the Holy Spirit for the words and for the words to come with power that moves people's hearts and minds towards Jesus. As we've already found out, we're also on God's chosen team. So we can work together as a community to spread the gospel and help turn the world upside down. Okay, turning the world upside down. What do I mean by that then? Perhaps if we all just pull in the same direction at the same time, the world will just flip. Maybe? No? Okay, well, in the book of Acts, we hear how the Christians in Thessalonica were turning the world upside down. And we read in Acts 17, verse 7, they are all guilty of treason against Caesar, for they profess allegiance to another king named Jesus. The Thessalonians were part of a culture that worshipped lots of things and people, including seeing the emperor as a god to be bowed down to. And because the people in this culture were worshipping things and people that were either made by them or were people and therefore not perfect, there were a lot of things in this society that went directly against the teachings of Jesus. The rich had all the power, the poor had no status and were treated like animals. The gospel was seen as a potential threat to how religion, money and politics functioned in Thessalonica. God's kingdom was so alien to them that it felt like Jesus' message was turning the world upside down. Now, it's difficult to imagine what it would feel like for the world to just suddenly flip. And frankly, I don't want to know. But I can't imagine that it would be comfortable or easy, would it? It would definitely be scary. So why were the church in Thessalonica wanting to change that so much? Have you ever heard the phrase, God's upside down kingdom? Jesus came to turn the world order upside down. Jesus works in a different way to the ways of the world. We see this right from when Jesus first came to earth as a baby. Yeah, there we go, familiar scene. There have been a few royal babies born in the last few years, haven't there? They're born in the best hospital possible, with high levels of security, surrounded by family, with media coverage, documenting every development. All the money has gone into this one child. But the Son of God, the Messiah, who had been promised for thousands of years, the Holy One, who is perfect, was born to a teenage girl with no financial security in a small village, worshipped by smelly shepherds, some of the lowest in society, in a feeding trough, surrounded by animals. God's kingdom was first shown there, amongst the dirt and the poor, because Jesus came to save us by turning our world upside down. So Jesus' servant-hearted, humble, sacrificial leadership in love was so opposite that it caused disruption, and people reacted with anger, jealousy, and even violence. And I'm going to come back in a bit to see what it was that the Thessalonians did and what that means for us now. So we're going to have another time of worship now. And this time we're going to have some uh, paper out at the front with some pens. So we can worship by singing to God. Worship is when we tell God how much we love him and how great he is. So we can do that in lots of different ways. So that might be by listening to the words. It might be by drawing or writing something. It might be by singing along or dancing. I know some of you got some good dance moves. 
So we're going to do that now. I'll be back soon. Okay, so we've heard how the Thessalonians are loving well and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And this is resulting in the good news of Jesus turning the world upside down. I'm going to turn my world upside down. There we go. So let's read the next five verses of 1 Thessalonians 1 now. So Liam, do you want to come up? So you received the message with joy from the Holy Spirit in spite of the severe suffering it brought you. In this way, you intimated both us and the Lord. As a result, you have become an example to all the believers in Greece, throughout both Macedonia and Achaia. And now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere, even beyond Macedonia and Achaia. For where we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. We don't need to tell them about it, for they keep talking about the wonderful welcome you gave us and how you turned away from idols to serve the living and true God. As they speak of how you are looking forward to the coming of God's Son from heaven, Jesus, whom God raised from the dead, he is one who has rescued us from the terrors of the coming judgment. Thank you so much. Okay. So the Thessalonians not only welcomed the message of Jesus, but welcomed it despite suffering, and even found joy in that suffering. So much so that they became examples for Christians everywhere. They kept choosing Jesus, even when they suffered for it. I don't know about you, but when I'm ill or in pain, or something has made me sad, I really struggle to be joyful. But if it's possible to be joyful in suffering with Jesus, then I want some of that. Paul says that the Thessalonians turn to God from idols. So idols are things that we worship even unconsciously, things that we have in our lives that take greater importance than God. So can we shout out some idols of our culture? Money, yeah. Jobs, yeah. Sorry? Football, yeah. Entertainment, yeah. Fame, nice, yeah. So it might be money, friends, celebrities, social media, work. Often these things are not inherently bad in themselves, but when we devote more of ourselves to them than God, we often go wrong. And why is that? We cannot have hope in them. As psychiatrist Jeffrey Sassanova said, idols ask for more and more, while giving less and less, until eventually they demand everything and give nothing. Money, we don't take, us, take that with us when we die. Friends, they're so special, but they do let us down. Celebrities, we don't get our value from them. Social media, so fickle, with constantly changing expectations of us and the world. And work, there's more to life than that. I like to think of it a bit like being a child in a supermarket with a parent. Kids, maybe you can relate to this. See if you can imagine it. I'm going to tell a story. Okay, adults, see if you can transport yourselves back to. Okay, so it's late morning and your mum or dad has taken you to the supermarket to do the food shop. And all you can think about as you traipse up and down the aisles is what you want for lunch. Oh, those crisps look delicious. Oh, yummy strawberries. Can we get donuts? 
Oh, donuts. Can we have some? Yeah, there's some donuts. You look at all the different flavours. It smells like they've just been freshly made and they've got the perfect amount of sugar on them. Your mouth is watering and you're licking your lips thinking about what those donuts will taste like. You look around to ask again if you can get the donuts, but where is your parent? You feel that stomach dropping fear. Oh, your parent was right next to you a minute ago. But don't worry. They're just down the aisle. Phew. They were there all along. But you are so focused on the donuts and filling your imagination with thoughts of eating a donut and how happy you would be once you were eating them that you lost sight of your parent, almost forgetting that they were there at all. The donut felt important and like the best thing in the world at that moment. But it wouldn't have lasted very long. The joy would have been temporary. But the parent is much more reliable, always there to turn to, always there to help you feel safe. You still bought the donuts, and they were delicious, but you were reminded of the importance of keeping sight of your parent and not giving your whole attention to the donuts. Now, this is a bit silly, isn't it? But it gives us a picture of the difference between idols and Jesus. The donuts represent the idols that may take up our thoughts and our time. There are often great things, when they, but when they get in the way or take up so much of us that we lose sight of Jesus, represented by the parent in the story. We need to be constantly turning from our idols to Jesus. The donuts will probably continue to be yummy and distracting. We need to make the choice every day or every time we see a donut to turn ourselves towards Jesus. We can't place our hope in the things of the world. The only certain hope we have for the future is Jesus. As it said in our passage, he is the living and true God in a way that idols can never be. So we must turn from our idols towards Jesus, the one true hope. Maybe we need to take some time with him to discover what our idols are so that we can give them over to him. Once our hope is in Jesus, we are free from the ties of the world and there is great joy to be found. Here's here's one that we made last week. Joy. Okay. And this is why Paul was so thrilled with the church in Thessalonica. They had turned away from their idols and their joy was clear to see despite the oppression and suffering. So they were setting an example to other believers in the region and the church was thriving. Unbelievers in Thessalonica hated the Christians, but people in surrounding towns admired them. So they were hearing about the faith of the Thessalonians in Jesus, and the gospel was spreading. This is a challenge for us today too, to remain joyful, for the joy of the Lord to be our strength, so that those who come into contact with us in Birmingham and beyond can see the joy and hope that can be found in Jesus. And this doesn't mean that we have to be happy all the time. That's not realistic. Bad things happen and it's good to be sad about them. But this joy is a deep joy, a deep knowing that Jesus is with us. We can do all things with his strength and that when Jesus returns, everything will be okay in the end. So in this in-between time before Jesus returns, how can we be a part of turning the world upside down? How can we help to make it closer to being the right way up again? 
Well, what did the Thessalonians do? We heard that they heard the good news and decided to follow Jesus, being willing to change what they believed and change their way of life, no matter what people around them thought about it. Is that a step you'd like to take today? They also told people about Jesus and it had a massive impact. Never underestimate the impact of even mentioning your life with Jesus to someone. And then when they spread the gospel, the power of the Holy Spirit came too as they were open to it. Are we inviting and expecting the Holy Spirit to turn up in our everyday encounters? They turned away from their idols, didn't they? So that their attention could be focused on Jesus and the eternal goodness that he brings. We need to ask Jesus what these idols might be in our lives and take steps to turn our backs on them, turning towards Jesus. So we're going to take some time to respond now. And underneath all of your chairs, you should have some little slips of card. So do you want to find those? We hope you enjoyed the talk and found it helpful. Why not come along and visit us? We gather at three services across two sites on a Sunday and meet during the week in small groups across the city. More information on both of these can be found on our website. Thanks for listening and God bless.